This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk with Reverend Jennifer Hadley. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace through practical application. Here is your host, Reverend Jennifer Hadley. Bonjour, bonjour. I'm so happy to join with you today. So grateful always that we get to join together and partner in this journey of awakening, this journey of healing and expansion and clarity and freedom and the all good of the beloved shining forth in our heart and in our mind. So grateful. (laughs) So let's begin with a, a blessing and a prayer. Let's open our hearts. We take a breath, hand on our heart. So grateful. So thankful. So grateful to recognize our wholeness and our holiness. So grateful that spirit is all there is. One life, one power, one presence. We take this breath together and we recognize that there is but a perfection being revealed. That's all there is. Spirit's spirit's perfection being revealed in our heart and in our mind. We're willing to see it, to know it, to feel it. So grateful to open ourselves to an unprecedented flow of wisdom and clarity. The joy of God is right where we are. We're partnering up with the higher Holy Spirit self to remember and recognize our true nature and our true identity and to give away all false identification, all false beliefs, everything that's false. We lay it on the holy altar fire of divine love and we stand in the truth of what's real. In gratitude, we let the healing be. In gratitude, we know it's done, and so it is. Amen. 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 Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> so, our topic this week is in case of emergency. I love these topics that Spirit gives us. In case of emergency. I as a spiritual counselor and a spiritual teacher for many years now, there's always uh, someone in my life who is going through uh, a very difficult time. And uh, I'm holding many people in prayer and holding everyone in prayer, really. And... One of the things that I I teach in uh, Masterful Living and Finding Freedom, the classes, is how to really be anchored no matter what. To be anchored in the love of God, in, in pure spirit, and to give up the thought patterns, the beliefs, the habits that create a sense of insecurity and off balance. Many times people don't even recognize what it is that they're thinking, believing, doing, energizing, putting their time and attention into that's uh, destabilizing them, that is robbing them of the peace of God, of the joy of God. Uh, It's so common that just some simple shifts and changes can make a huge difference in how people feel every day. 
And one of the things I notice now and people often remark on is that when there is a sense of emergency or trauma or difficulty that I have the capacity to be at peace. I have the capacity to be harmonious. And uh, that's a great thing. That's a really great thing. And what I am discovering is that spirit is 100% there for me. And it's, I withdraw my attention in spirit. I withdraw my connection from spirit. And I am so much better now at recognizing as soon as that happens and seeing the choice to reconnect, that I chose to disconnect, that this is how I chose, and now I can reconnect. And this, being able to have this awareness, this knowing, is so helpful in times of emergency, because what it does too is it takes something that could be uh, very intense to being challenging, but not overwhelming. And that's wonderful. I, I particularly notice for myself is that the, the two things that would freak me out the most would be if I felt that I was unlovable. If something happened in one of my relationships of any kind that I would feel that I was bad, wrong, unlovable. That would freak me out and, and start to create a meltdown. Uh, I would feel sick to my stomach uh, if I felt so threatened that I, I couldn't figure a way out. I, I even had times when I would throw up uh, from the uh, third chakra trauma or upset. Of course, now I know it was all part of my healing. And the other thing that would threaten me tremendously was if I couldn't afford to pay my bills, like my rent, my phone bill, put gas in my car, those kinds of things. And you know what? Those occurrences of feeling deeply, intensely threatened about relationship or money happened over and over and over again. Constant rotation uh, for a very long time until I figured the way out. Um, and uh, which I did through my personal practice of nonviolence. So uh, back in uh, 97, I started to practice nonviolence as my part of my spiritual practice. So what that had me doing, and I've talked about this a little bit before in, in the radio show in the past, what it had me doing was looking at all my choices for, is this a loving choice or an unloving choice? If it's an unloving choice, then it has an energy of violence. Uh, and I'm going to practice nonviolence. Because I was teaching nonviolence and working with the Center for the Advancement of Nonviolence in Los Angeles. And, uh, and I was studying the, the lives of Martin Luther King Jr., Mahatma Gandhi in India, and, and the whole nonviolent movement as a way for social and political cultural change to a more loving society, more loving institutions. And uh, I really found that it helped me to be more loving in my self-care and my day-to-day -day choices so that when I found uh, time in my life uh, when I was finishing up my ministerial studies, I finally felt I had enough bandwidth to add in A Course in Miracles. And so I began to, to study A Course in Miracles. And the lessons made great sense to me because I really had been practicing it 
fundamentally for some time. And so when we are experiencing an emergency, let's just define that to start, right? So there's, there's physical emergency, a health crisis, our house burned down, um, uh, that, there's that kind of emergency. There's relationship emergency where uh, let's say that uh, a child stops speaking to us or uh, we decide to stop speaking to someone else or there's a, 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 an emergency because uh, there's a, a, a marriage that's threatened or it could be even uh, something going on with a coworker in, in some capacity where a relationship is off the rails, it's highly dysfunctional, uh, it's threatened to collapse. Uh, there's different kinds, obviously, of relationship emergencies. And then there are emotional emergencies where people crash down emotionally. And of course, where people become obsessive compulsive and frightened and that's a, a really more of a mental emergency. Um, everything stems, of course, from our thinking. All thought produces form at some level. That's from the fear and conflict section in chapter two that I'm constantly quoting it to me. It's so baseline. If you haven't read the fear and conflict section in chapter two of the text lately, I encourage you to just for a week, read it every day. And before you read it, invite spirit, invite Jesus, invite the Holy Spirit to uh, read it with you and point out to you what it is that you're to know, to discover, to recognize in that particular moment. I'm just gonna take a sip of my, today I have an apple cider. I love apple cider. So, uh, there are different kinds of emergencies and depending upon our personality and where we get our identification from, our self-esteem from, we'll feel threatened, right? There's a body emergencies. I think I left that out. Health emergencies. For some people, gaining five to 10 pounds would be a, an emergency. Um, I know I go to, I, I like to take Pilates on the reformer and um, uh, someday I'll get a reformer of my own at home, but I go to Pilates and, and take classes on the reformer, which I, I really enjoy and um, there's someone in my class who is constantly talking about their weight and that they feel fat. And um, having worked in, and this person empirically is not a fat person, um, has, uh, I, I bet, a very, very low amount of body fat on their body, but body dysmorphia is a very real thing uh, in terms of a um, challenging mental emotional pattern that creates a lot of drama and stress and suffering. And I've worked with many people over the years who uh, had real issues with their body image and um, so there's these, all these different kinds of emergencies. And the thing is, is that each one, each person's experience of emergencies is different because it does so much depend on our identity and our self-esteem. So for me, one of the things that I began to see when I first studied spirituality uh, back in the, uh, the, I started in the mid 80s 
with the great, 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 great unity minister and his wife and partner, uh, Eric and Olga Butterworth. And uh, I used to go to services on Sundays at Lincoln Center with Eric and Olga. And uh, from that, and that was mid eighties is when I started doing that. And from that time of uh, beginning my conscious spiritual journey and studying spirituality, I have start, began undoing the false identification. Uh, and, and what I really began to look for, because at that time, initially, part of what instigated my whole spiritual journey was a realization that I uh, had uh, this tremendous festering self-hatred. Uh, it came to me in a flash that I had this great festering self-hatred and um, and I felt suicidal at the time and as uh, a, a way out of that I began to uh, go to services uh, with Eric and Olga and to read spiritual books I started a uh, well a friend of mine started it we, we were doing a spiritual book and brunch club which was fun um, and reading uh, different books, like Eric's book, um, Life is for Living. I still have that copy that I bought back then. Um, and recognizing that <clears throat> my sense of my self-esteem and my self-worth uh, I was hanging by a thread related to my work and my ability to be successful in the eyes of the world, right? That's pure ego, 100%, right? So realizing at that time that I did not feel successful in the eyes of the world and that uh, I was failing because I'd worked very hard to get a job in the music business that it turned out I didn't like at all. And now I thought, now what am I gonna do? And then what that sort of began of, uh, my journey of having one personality or ego identity crisis after another related to boyfriends and relationship, related to my finances, related to my success in my career and um, things like that. And what I've seen over all these last 30 some years of spiritual journeying is that any place where I was getting a sense of worth and self-esteem from something in the world, it would be taken away from me, which by the way, is just the entire journey that's encapsulated in the development of trust section in the manual for teachers, right? So the development of trust section is two pages that I always recommend that uh, people read it every day for a week and then read it once a week after that. So you really cognize where you are in the, that development of trust. So that's right in the beginning of the uh, chapter four in the manual for teachers. And chapter four is about uh, what are the characteristics of God's teachers? And um, trust is the number one characteristic of God's teachers upon which everything else is based. And the second characteristic of God's teachers is uh, named honesty, which Jesus describes as being consistency, that you're consistently choosing love, that you have a, a commitment 
to consistency because that's something that the ego has no comprehension of. And, and here's why consistency is so important. And all of this is part of being able to experience emergency or cri without crisis, that you can have an experience of an emergency in your body, in your finances, in your relationship, in your career, in your home, whether it's a flood, a fire, a hurricane, a divorce, uh, a firing of, from your job, or a death in the family, or whatever it is that you can move through the seeming emergency without feeling that you personally are in crisis, that your personality is in crisis. So when our trust is in God rather than in our opinions and judgments, our, our <laughs> conceptions, perceptions, and um, preferences, then we can place our attention on being consistently loving, consistently attuned to the love of God. And in that is our healing. And so when there's a crisis, if, if we just temporarily right now, just to define our terms, if we just say, well, the crisis is when we feel intensely threatened, it must be because we've built our rock, uh, built our life, our house on sinking sands rather than on the rock of God's love. Because uh, if we are firmly rooted in God's love, and we're practicing consistency, we will not be shaken, right? I, I often quote William Shakespeare's sonnet where he talks about love is not love, which looks on tempests. Love is not love, which alters when alteration finds. It looks on tempests and is never shaken. So true love, God's love, love of life, love of others, true love is not shaken by anything. It's not threatened by anything. Because the very nature of God is consistency. God is the same today, tomorrow, every day, no matter what, no matter what, it's consistent. Which is such a beautiful thing, that it's dependable. But the ego's opinions and preferences consistently change. Everything in this world is changing all the time. There's decay, there's new growth. It never stops changing. And that's the difference between our eternal life in God and uh, our life in the human experience in this world. So we're, in order to be stable in an emergency, we place our trust and faith in God. And when our faith is firmly placed in God, there's no worry. And yeah, of course, if somebody's house burns down, uh, I, I know people whose houses have burned down in the fires in California. They can look at it from a higher perspective. If something good is unfolding, it can be no other way. Yeah, there's a sense of loss, as human beings, we can feel disturbed by losing our, our photo, photos and our family um, heirlooms and uh, artwork that can't be replaced and, and different things like that. But it doesn't have to be a crisis. It doesn't have to be a crisis. It can be an extraordinary opportunity for growth. And 
and this is the thing is if we can look at the emergency even with the sudden death of a loved one which is i think just about the hardest thing for the ego to handle is the sudden death of a loved one and nothing more uh intense or upsetting than the sudden death of a, a, a younger person, a child or a young parent or um, a person who seems to have a whole bright future ahead of them, um, seems like a tragic, tragic loss. But we do not know what anything is for, even the sudden death of a loved one. What we can come to know and to realize and to be grateful for is that no matter what, no matter what, there is a perfect expansion, beauty, wonderful, wonderful thing encoded into every single moment without fail. This is the truth of our life and our being. It really is. And so ego, emergency, and crisis can be brought to a higher light. And uh, it's time for me to move into a break. And um, we'll talk more about this when I come back from the break. I uh, this is Jennifer Hadley, and you're listening to A Course in Miracles on Unity Online Radio. Where I'm, we're living the love, we're walking the talk, and I'll be right back. Thank you for tuning in for A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. Welcome back. Welcome back. Oh, you know, uh, today is officially now, this, this Tuesday after Thanksgiving in November has become known as Giving Tuesday. And uh, it's a time for people to consider making charitable donations. And at the Power of Love Ministry, we're embarking on another matching uh, donation uh, campaign and inviting donors who would like to uh, contribute to have a matching campaign. So last year we had several uh, donors who contributed $25,000 and then they said they would match up to $25,000. I'm not sure what happened there. Okay. So uh, last year, we, we had several donors uh, contribute $25,000, and that was to inspire people to match it. So they were willing to match up to $25,000, and we indeed raised another twenty-five. dollars So we got the full matching grant. And we'd like to do the same this year, so if you are available to contribute we're we're generating that matching fund now and then we'll inspire people to contribute but of course people can make small donations or smaller donations but we're looking for some larger contributors who really would like to help fund this work and who are inspired by what we're doing we are planning so many more wonderful expansions. But first, I have to say that this year, I really have witnessed that there has been extraordinary expansion in the community. 
that more and more people are inspired to participate, to volunteer, to be a support to others in the community. And next year, one of the things that we're going to launch is a what we're calling Miracle Circles. So it's similar to a study group, uh, but it's not. It's uh, a uh, more of a a work group rather than a study group. So a group of people who would meet on a weekly basis online, not in person, so people could come from anywhere in the world and work together the principles of A Course in Miracles in a small group community. And so we're creating a program to train uh, facilitators to facilitate those groups and to support the people in the groups. And uh, we have a goal of being able to have a miracle circle every hour of the day, every day of the week. So 24-7 miracle circles. So anytime somebody would be available to do a, mir a miracle circle that they could join one and that then that group would be there for them consistently week after week. I've, I, I remember when I first started doing the spiritual expansion uh, work and working as a spiritual counselor that I was so struck by how many conversations I had with people in different parts of the world, all around the world, different countries, of course, including the United States, but people who lived in places where there was no spiritual community available to them, really of any kind, only religious communities uh, were available and ones that didn't feel maybe loving or supportive to them. And people, I talked with so many people who yearned to have any kind of a real spiritual community, uh, supportive community. And now, because of technology, video technology, we can meet together on video platforms like Zoom, which we use for all our classes, and we can have those small groups. And that's what we've been doing in Finding Freedom and in Masterful Living. And it has been life-changing for people because people are really even more going from studying to embodying. It's it's not until we start embodying that we really experience the change. So this is one of the programs that we're putting together. It's going to take some real time and energy and effort to put it all together. And volunteers are great, but a project of this scope and size really requires paid staff. And so this is one of the projects that your donations would go to support. Uh, in recent years, we raised money to pay for the transcription of all the radio shows. We've done that. Um, and we raised money to help uh, begin converting the radio shows into YouTube videos. And we are posting those, uh, several of those every week. And you can, uh, if you don't know my YouTube channel, it's Jennifer H. Hadley at YouTube. It, Helen is my middle name, so Jennifer H. Hadley. And um, you can find my YouTube channel there and you can subscribe. And uh, I think you'll get a notification every time we post another one of the radio shows at YouTube. One of the reasons why we're doing that at YouTube is because it's very helpful for people to... Uh, be able to listen and read along at the same time, particularly for people who, for whom English is a second language. And so one of the reasons we did all the transcripts is because those who were hearing impaired, uh, the deaf, couldn't hear the, the radio broadcast, obviously. So we transcribed them all so that they could read them all. Uh, same with the daily prayers. My daily prayer for today, my shot of espresso, spiritual espresso that I offer every day, 
we got so many requests to transcribe those prayers uh, for the hearing impaired, and now we do that as a regular uh, item. And um, there are just all these wonderful things that we're able to do because of people giving back and giving donations. And so what I would like to invite you to do is either make a one-time donation or make a supporting contribution. So you can go to powerofloveministry.net or livingacourseofmiracles.com or jenniferhadley.com. All three websites will give you the opportunity to contribute. And uh, you can go to the donation page and it's a tax deductible donation we're a nonprofit organization all the funds go to support the staff salaries and all the projects that we're working on and we um and we also support other some other things in the spiritual community that are uh, supportive of the work that we're doing and so one of the projects that's on our list of things to do is to continue to expand the use of our uh, events calendar. We have a study group map and calendar that's global, and anybody can list their study groups there. And Course in Miracles teachers can list their Course in Miracles events there. Uh, so uh, David Hoffmeister, John Mundy, uh, on and on, these spiritual teachers uh, who are teaching A Course in Miracles, specifically their events, Gary Renard, etc. We're getting those listed on the calendar. And so that's another project that we're putting money into so that we can have a global events and study group calendar that will include everybody, all inclusive. Um, because some there are other listings of study groups and things like that, but they're not globally all-inclusive of all A Course in Miracles teachers. So we're reaching out to more and more teachers as we can and to study group leaders as we can, as funds and, and volunteers allow. So some wonderful projects. Also would like to build a an app, another app. We have A Course in Miracles app to add another app, the prayer app, to for people to easily get the daily prayer that I record every day and to access the library of prayers. In the meantime, we have the prayer podcast and you can easily find that at jenniferhadley.com or iTunes or Stitcher and things like that. So it's my prayer for today. And I, I actually could spend quite a bit more time sharing with you the projects that are in development and the things that we're doing to support the community. So, you know, the A Course in Miracles app is totally free and we've got some updates that we're going to make to that. And all of it, of course, costs money. So your donations, your support of these things allows us to support you even more. It's really quite wonderful. And what's wonderful, too, is I get emails from people all over the world, actually too many for me to really respond to all of them, but I do read them all um, as much as I can. And um, people can request radio show topics. I try and do a few of those a month, the requests, and, of course, listening to Spirit also. So... Please consider making a contribution or a supporting contribution if you haven't. And if you'd like to be part of this matching uh, contribution, I welcome that. And you can write to admin at jenniferhadley.com if you have any questions or would like to um, get a hold of me. <laughs> so let's go back to, in case of emergency, what to do with A Course in Miracles. Remember, spirit doesn't have any emergencies, really. Spirit doesn't really have crises because everything is always perfect from a spiritual perspective. And if we feel that it's not, it's because we're ego identified. And 
we're working through that ego identification to a pure spiritual identification. So when there is an emergency, when there is this, the feeling of crisis, of meltdown, of freak out, the number one thing that is indicated that we often don't see sometimes until years later the number one thing for us to know in case of emergency or freak out or meltdown or um, collapse is that this is an opportunity to have extraordinary spiritual growth. It is the opportunity to leap in a quantum way. So I remember back in um, oh a dozen years ago, it seemed like I was having a crisis emotionally and mentally. I was having a crisis. My mom had a terminal cancer diagnosis. I was in crisis because um, I was in uh, challenge with my uh, ministerial program at Agape, and uh, I was in crisis in romantic relationship. I was in a crisis with my best friend, and it seemed like everything in, in my finances were a, a freaking mess, and it seemed as though everything in my life was falling apart, except for my body. That was the only thing that was not falling apart. And uh, I stood in the midst of it, like standing in a hurricane with the winds blowing everything away. Everything that I felt was an anchor was being blown away, was being ripped away, torn away, just like it talks about in the development of trust section. And it was at that time that I began studying the Course in Miracles that it happened, that experience. And I was able to stand in the midst of it and say, I see what's happening here. Everything that's not necessary is being transformed. Everything that doesn't serve me anymore is being taken away. Everything that is ready for healing is up for healing. It's up right in front of my face, pressed against my face, so that I cannot look away from it. And I decided to put my trust and faith in God, rather than to focus on trying to manage and cope and restructure and recalibrate to uh, some managing and coping strategy to make things better. I decided to let spirit handle it and to be spirit-led and guided as I never had been before. And that was life-changing for me because it was then that I really went through that development of trust phase and it, it, the whole thing took a couple of years and it so rocked my world that there were many many days where it felt excruciating it was excruciating to my ego and boy, did I feel it in my stomach, in my third chakra. So that third chakra is your, where your self-identity is held. Your perception of yourself. To me, it's where that ego perception, the self-perception is held, is in that third chakra, the solar plexus chakra, or chakra. Uh, is probably a better way to say it, but most of us here in the Western world, we say chakra. So what I felt was, I, I often felt sick to my stomach, like uh, 
Ugh. It was like a churning, twisty, turny feeling that uh, was just almost every day. And I knew what was going on. And that made such a difference for me because I didn't feel like it, even though it looked to the ego like it was all happening to me. Intuitively, I knew that I had asked for that which didn't serve me anymore to fall away. So romantic relationship fell away. Dear close friend fell away. Spiritual community fell away. And my pretenses fell away. And my identification uh, as I'm this person that has this relationship and that relationship and this standing in my spiritual community and all those things, I just let them fall away. And something new emerged. And that's the place in which I live now. And I had to let my grasping, needing, wanting, craving of ego identification with things that didn't serve me. I had to let that go. I remember once I had a conversation with a, a man who was some kind of uh, Christian right, very staunch uh, attitude. Uh, I sat next to him on a plane and he struck up a conversation with me and he told me that he had just had this conversation um, berating his best friend for uh, having an affair. And that he was telling his best friend that he was ruining his family's life, his wife's life, his children's life, and that he should uh, stop it immediately, that he was a sinner, and going on and on and on. And I, I, I really was not that interested in having a conversation with him, but Spirit was very clear that we were to have this conversation. So one of the things I said to him was, I said, let me ask you, how do you know, like, how do you know that his wife and children are better off with him in their house? Maybe his wife would be better off married to someone else, and maybe his children would be better off if their parents were in relationships that were loving and fulfilling. You know, if, if, if he's not respecting and honoring his wife in ways that feel good to both of them, maybe it's time for them to recalibrate their marriage. How do you know what's best for them? And I said it in a gentle way, like, well, how do you know? How is it that you know? And he's like, well, because it's a sin to be an adulterer. And I said, but maybe it's best if the marriage doesn't stay together. How do you know it's best if they do? And he realized that he had made all these assumptions and he didn't really know. He didn't really truly know. He was just going on his assumptions. And I did. So that's the thing is sometimes the best thing is for people to um, work on their relationship in such a way that it can be vastly improved and made into a holy relationship. And sometimes you make your relationship into a holy relationship and then it's very clear that you're not to stay together. I've seen all kinds of occurrences happen. But if we're identified, I am this person's spouse and we live together and our life is built together and then that seems threatened, it can seem like an emergency, it can seem like a crisis, that something bad is happening, something terrible is happening. But we must remember that spirit is always progressive, always expanding into a good and greater good. 
So when we're trying to stop the progress and go back to um, something in the past that no longer fits what's really going on in the hearts and minds of people, we are not necessarily, well, we're, we're following ego. We're not following spirit. It takes tremendous trust and faith to follow spirit. And that's the way out of crisis and emergency is to surrender trying to fix everything and to finally really listen to spirit. And that's challenging. It's deeply challenging. And that's why A Course in Miracles can help us so much. I'm never upset for the reason I think. I do not know what anything is for. Everything works together for good. There are no exceptions. What would you, what could you not accept if you but knew that everything was gently planned by one whose only purposes are good, your good, gently planned? Hard to imagine that a house burning down is a gentle plan for our good. But if we're willing to see it, if we're consistently willing to see the truth, by placing our trust and faith in love, in spirit, then we will see what we couldn't see before. We will know what we had forgotten. And that's the way uh, through an emergency and uh, the way out of a crisis is placing our faith and trust in spirit. And sometimes that's how it happens, that the house blows down so now we must build the house with spirit. Yes. Hey, I want to give a heads up, a couple of things here. Uh, Masterful Living, my year-long course, is open for registration right now. We're on an early bird special. And what I love is when people tell me that they just went through a difficult time and it wasn't a crisis, it wasn't an emergency, and they could feel the good coming out of it. Such a wonderful uh, report card to hear from people. And this is the time of year when people are really seeing the difference that things are making in their life. Their spiritual practice is healing their mind and their heart, and it's making such a difference in their life uh, because of being in Masterful Living all year. Uh, also, I am planning a wonderful healing retreat and another teacher training in mid-March. So stay tuned for those things. Well, let's take a prayer here. Let's go into our prayer and be grateful and thankful. This is my birthday week. Tomorrow's my birthday. So I am grateful and thankful for all the good that I've experienced this year and for what I feel unfolding. In gratitude, we partner up with the higher Holy Spirit self, remembering the truth of our identity is perfect love, now and forevermore. In gratitude, we share the benefits with everyone, because we're one with them. We let it be, and so it is. Amen, amen, amen. Have a great rest of your week.